1: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Solak Show here on BGN Radio. Appreciate you coming by. I am your host, Benjamin Solak, sitting in the host chair here, uh, six, five-something days away from the first day of the NFL draft. It's tough to keep track, but we are well on our way. Uh, BGN.com, BGN Radio, having all of the draft content you need covering the Eagles. I know it's been a hot second since you've heard me here on the Solo Solak Show, but I was on BGN Radio with Seamus Clancy and... and uh for, uh, from the bleachers i was on the main show with blg and jimmy as we went through this process and now i'm here uh i'm off of writing a piece covering some of the uh significant measures we've seen for eagles draft players over the last several years if you didn't catch it it's on bgn.com under uh, which elite athletes will the eagles target in the 2021 nfl draft and in that piece uh, I'm talking about vertical jumps, broad jumps, and 40-yard dashes. Uh, for those who don't follow me on Twitter, you may not have seen this last year, but the Eagles drafted players with at least 60th percentile measures in the 40, the vertical jump, and the broad jump. In last year's draft, every single player, say for Sean Bradley with his vertical jump, every single player was at least a 60th percentile tester in those three metrics uh, and the 40 the vert and the broad are typically going to measure linear explosiveness so we know that that the eagles were really oriented on speed last year you get that obviously in the 40 you get that flying 20 you get the, the the full top speed for about 20 yards there but in order to have a good 40 you need a good start which is going to be initial explosiveness and then vert and broad also they measure linear explosiveness not so much worried about change of direction and agility but that initial first step quickness so I found this interesting, and I went back and I, into past year's classes as well. And if you look at 2019 and in 20, uh, 2018, uh, the Eagles once again prioritized 40s and jumpers. Uh, Andre Dillard and Miles Sanders hit every single qualification. White uh, Whiteside and Sharif Miller were 40-yard dash qualifiers. They did not qualify on the jumps. I think Miller only did one jump. Uh, 2018, all of their drafted players, save for uh, Matt Pryor, Cleared in every single metric. Uh, Dallas Goddard didn't run the 40 and Jordan Mailata didn't have official jumps, but we can kind of assume that Mailata was going to be a 60th percentile jumper for offensive tackle and Goddard for for the 40. When I say 60th percentile, I should clarify it's for each position. So the the time you need to hit changes relative to the position. A tackle needs to run a 5 40 to be a 60th percentile tester in the 40 yard dash uh, and edging to run the four, seven, six, right? So there's a significant difference. So uh, the Eagles had a lot of 90th percentile, 80th percentile guys, but 60 really seemed to be the cutoff, just clearly above average. Uh, I even took it up to 65, 65th percentile. And I started looking at some of the players that qualified for that. Uh, and so you've got six names at running back that the Eagles could potentially target. You've got 11 names at wide receivers the Eagles could potentially target. And so it's a good way to narrow down and to winnow this really wide draft pool of players into the guys who will likely be on the Eagles board. As we know, most teams have like 150 odd players on their board actually come draft day. And so we should expect players with this testing background to comprise some of the board. There's not enough players to be the whole board, but we know they've prioritized these sorts of athletes. So with this information in mind, I wanted to start to put into frame some of the Eagles options at their upcoming draft picks. We know the Eagles have 12 overall, potentially going to move up from that, move down from that. We know the Eagles have 37 in the second round. Uh, They've got, I want to say, 70 and 84 in the third round. And once you start to get outside of the second round, third round, it's tough to be able to say with confidence, you know, who's going to be there and what's going to go on. Uh, Late round targets could come from this list they could come from other lists uh if you look like at last year for example the eagles had uh at least digital visits with everybody that they selected say for jalen hurts and john hightower through the fifth round and then once they got into the sixth round it was guys that they hadn't brought into to visit and so it's like okay sometimes you're gonna have players who you didn't bring in for visits or aren't perfect qualifiers for what you'd like so day three is a little bit tough to prognosticate, but day one and day two namely with those picks 12, 37, 70, and 84, I wanted to take these list of athletes and start looking at how they've played, where they've produced, how they rank in the rest of the class and who might get targeted where. So we're basically going to be building a little mini Eagles draft board, right? Trying to take a look at what they might be looking at early and mid where the classes are strong and how that might affect who they take. So Let's make this a little bit more concrete. Everybody knows a lot of the names that are available at 12. Uh, Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith, the wide receivers out of Alabama. J.C. Horn, corner out of South Carolina. Patrick Sertan, corner out of Alabama. Uh, Rashawn Slater, the tackle out of Northwestern. Pay, edge out of Michigan. Aziz Ojalary, edge out of Georgia. Jalen Phillips, edge out of Miami. I just gave eight names. Uh, take your favorite edge, just kind of circle him, grab him. That gives you six names, two wide receivers, two corners, a tackle, Rashawn Slater, and then an edge. Six players. Well, if, if five quarterbacks are drafted before 12, which is what we currently expect, and Kyle Pitts is also selected, at least one of those players will be available at 12. If five quarterbacks go, Kyle Pitts and Penny Sewell are all selected before 12, then at least two of those guys will be there. So again, if you're looking at Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, JC Horn, Patrick Sertan, Rashawn Slater, and then... Any of the top edges, you should expect maybe your choice of guy, if not at least one of those guys falling down to 12. Who could the Eagles be looking for? Well, from the information we have on team visits, which is not everything this year, uh, it's been tougher to get information on team visits because of the the, the COVID affected process, because there's a lot less uh, word of mouth going around because people aren't really interfacing agents and, and media members at Pro Days and Combines. Uh, it seems like none of these players have visited the Eagles. That's that's what I saw on the trackers that I looked at. If I'm wrong on one of those, please let me know on Twitter and, and let me know because that would be interesting to see. Um, so the Eagles didn't have any visits with these guys. And typically, uh, they like to draft guys that they have visits with early. As I said, of their day one and day two picks last year, the only player they did not have a visit with was uh, Jalen Hurts. In 2019, I think they had a visit with Miles Sanders. Uh, Yeah, they had a visit with Sanders, Andre Dillard as well. Uh, And so you've got, you typically want to bring in these guys. You want to have a talk with them, whether it's virtual or otherwise. So of the big, of of all these top names that are potentially there round one, they didn't visit with any of them. With that said, uh, both corners, J.C. Horn and Patrick Sutan are athletic qualifiers for what they like. Rashawn Slater is as well. Uh, Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith we don't know neither Waddle or Smith went through full athletic testing this year uh, Devontae didn't do any work whatsoever obviously all we know is his height weight and the 166 pounds Waddle we can presume is going to hit their athletic thresholds because he's one of the most explosive players in college football Devontae also probably does uh, and so we we could lightly check those boxes I don't think they think those guys are incapable but we don't really know so Smith and Waddle are both question marks but Horn Sertain and Slater all check their boxes. And then we come to the edge group. The edge group is really, really interesting. They don't have a guy. I, I shouldn't say that. I think there's a guy who stands out of the top edges, Quiddy Pay, Aziz or Jalari, Jalen Phillips. The guy who stands out is Quiddy Pay. Pay is going to be a full qualifier for what the Eagles like. Uh, And when I say that, I say number one, because of the testing. Uh, Quiddy at 261 pounds, ran a 457 40 yard dash, jumped 35.5 inches in the vert and 118 in the broad. So he's successfully hitting all of the metrics we like for edge. He's 60th percentile just by like right on it for uh, the broad jump. So he's just there. 261 pounds a little bit of a bowling ball frame at 602.5. He's not a dissimilar build to Brandon Graham when he came out of Michigan. The other interesting thing about Quiddy is that he's got 10-inch arms, uh, and that sort of a build where you're pretty short but have long arms is actually really beneficial to edge play. Uh, So he's an interesting player. He has the measurables that they like. He's not the only one. Uh, They also have Jalen Phillips, the edge out of Miami, who's potentially going to be there at 12 is a little bit of a medical concern but uh six five and a half two sixty four five nine forty yard dash 36 inch vert 10 five broad 125 inch broad better metrics high caliber athlete that's that's home base that's an awesome athlete the eagles have have drafted an edge i think in every single draft how he's done since he got back and even going back to the drafts he was doing before chip they drafted an edge so this they love this position Phillips is the best athlete. To me, he's also the best player on tape. Why wouldn't he be high on their board? Well, he's got the medical concern. Uh, There were multiple concussions during his time at uh, UCLA, where he initially was recruited. He ended up medically retiring from football, decided to come back, transferred to Miami, was dominant for a year, but that process is going to be looked into. But because of that process, Phillips only started 16 games in his career, Uh, and that may feel like it doesn't really matter. But again, for Harry Rosen and for the Eagles, historically, it kind of has. Uh, so last year, the Eagles only drafted two of, the, uh, of their, their 10 draft picks. They made 10 last year, right? Yeah, 10. Only two of the 10 draft picks they had last year, John Hightower and Casey Tuhill, started fewer than 20 games in college. Uh, Davian Taylor was right at 20. H- Hightower was at 19. He, he was a Juco player as well, so a little bit tricky. Uh, Casey Tuhill was was there at 19. but. Everybody else, multi-year starter, at least 20 games. Hightower and, C- and hill also were multi-year starters, but they weren't able to fill out both of those seasons. You go back and you look at uh, previous picks as well. Uh, in the 2019 class, only Miles Sanders was below 20 games started. He had 13s. So he started one season after sitting behind Saquon Barkley. In the 2018 draft class, every single one of those players had at least 30 games started. Dallas Goddard, Avante Maddox, Joshua, Matt Pryor, all of them, three-year starters. Uh... 2017 Rasul Douglas was a one-year starter I can't remember if Sewell was Juco or not I think he was uh, but anyway 13 games started for Rasul Douglas 16 games started for Mac Collins and then 19 games started for Elijah Qualls who was a, a, a pick outside of the top 200 but other than that Derek Barnett 36 games Sidney Jones 39 games then El Pumphrey, 42 games Shelton Gibson 26 games Nate Gary 36 games multi-year starters the Eagles like at least two years of starting experience uh, and so if we make a baseline of about 20 which is like a year point five, but also with COVID it kind of you know a lot of people had a year point five this year uh that 20 game threshold doesn't get hit by Jalen Phillips he's only started 16 games so does he have the experience that the Eagles will want well Pay started 20 games at Michigan and and it's only 20 because of only playing four games this season for Michigan before not playing for the rest of the season. Uh, If they had a regular year, he would have had a few more. So only 20 games for Quiddy Pay. Quiddy's got the athletic testing and just barely has, I think, the amount of games that they like to see started. Uh, Jalen Phillips doesn't hit that. Aziz Ojalary, he's the uh, the edge out of Georgia. He's got the number of games that they like, 23. That's two straight seasons of starting. However, uh, he didn't test the way they wanted. He's another 6'2", 249, 105 inch arms. Again, so this smaller but super long build, which is great. But he ran a four-six-two and jumped thirty inches in the broad uh, in the vert. Excuse me, which is not high enough to qualify for the metrics they like. And then he had a ten-seven broad, which is perfectly acceptable, one hundred twenty-seven inches. That's great for them. But that vert was too low, uh, and so he fails their athletic testing marks. So you have quitty pay, athleticism necessary, games play necessary. A- Aziz Ojolari who only had the gameplay necessary and Phillips who only has the athleticism necessary. I think if the e- if there's an edge on top of their board for this pick at 12 it's going to be quitty Pay based off what they've liked historically. Uh, if they've got a high film grade on Jalen Phillips, a high grade on Aziz Ojolari, that changes things but it would have to get them outside of some of these qualifying buckets that we've created. So we're looking at if there's going to be an edge selected at 12 my guess is it's quitty. Uh I personally have Jalen Phillips and Aziza Jalari graded higher on film than Quiddy Pay. So if the Eagles do take Quiddy, I won't be thrilled, and it'll be a very Eagles pick uh, because I think there'll be better edges on the board that they're leaving there. So Pay, uh, let's put him there on the board. We think Horn, we think Sertan, Slater, Waddle, and Devontae Smith with question marks. Those, I think, are our big six for this position. It's worth noting that Devontae Smith, 34 games started. J.C. Horn, 29 games started. Patrick Sertan, 38 games started. Rashawn Slater, 37 games started. Very, very experienced players at the top. Jalen Waddle has nine career starts. Now, there's mitigating circumstances here. He was behind Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, and Devontae last year. This year, he was behind Devontae, was obviously starting still, because they're starting multiple wide receivers, and then he has the injury. But only nine games started for Waddle is glaring if the Eagles are strict on multiple year starters as their draft targets guys with multiple years of experience they will not take Jalen Waddle which would be devastating if he's there on the board he's exactly what they need in terms of the speed in terms of the 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 ball and hand creation there's that quote that goes around that's like everything that Jalen Rager was last year Waddle is better this year it's not wrong Uh, and so he is one to to be very, very concerned about, to circle and to be worried. No athletic testing and fewer than 10 career games started does not smell like a Harry Roseman Eagle, Jalen Waddell does. So if we were to set this board, I think their ideal players to make it to 12 are J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertan, Rashawn Slater, and Quitty Pay. You'll notice there's no wide receiver named there. I don't think they're going to get Jamar Chase to fall to them at 12, right? And Jamar Chase qualifies athletically, 21 games started, so he's what you like. Uh, but I don't think Chase gets down there to him. Maybe with a trade-up, they go get him. If he starts to fall a little bit, because I think they'd I think they have him as the clear wide receiver one. Um, but Devontae has an incomplete eval. No athletic testing. He's obviously under 170 pounds. And waddles as fewer than 10 games started. No athletic testing. If they're willing to take a leap on those guys, great. Uh, the Eagles, of course, historically have not drafted a ton of Alabama players. So it's not like they really have a pipeline there or guys that they maybe trust in that building. Uh, I'm not sure how high those Alabama receivers will be on their board at 12. So I'm looking at J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertan, Rashawn Slater, and Pay as the players that I would guess are the big targets at 12. Uh, would be very happy with Horn, would be very happy with Slater, would like Sertan the most. None of the three of those would bother me at all. Pay would bother me a little bit. Now, if that's our board at 12, how does what we see at 37 affect that?
2: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: At the top of the show, we went over what could define some of the the interest for the Eagles here at, at 12 and kind of what they like and what they've historically drafted. Looking at 37, and actually, who the Eagles might be looking at at 37 helps us there. Uh, on the limited list of visits that we have for the Eagles, we see two names: Kadarius Tony out of Florida, Terrace Marshall at LSU. That's important. Uh, both are athletic qualifiers for what the Eagles like. So I told you, there's only 11 receivers. This is a very deep class. There's only 11 receivers that check out with the with the 40 yard dash, vertical jump, and broad jump. The Eagles. Usually, value when they're going through this position. Jamar Chase has it, and then we get to round two, round three. It's Terrace Marshall, Nico Collins, Rondale Moore, and Kadarius Tony. That's Marshall out of LSU, Collins out of Michigan, Rondale Moore to Purdue, and then Kadarius Tony out of Florida. We know Roseman likes to draft Florida Gators. Well, Kadarius Tony has the athleticism you're looking for. They brought him in for a visit. He projects to go around 37. He's only started 13 games. Uh, Kedarious Tony was a high school quarterback convert to the wide receiver position and was really only able to break the starting lineup as a senior. He did go to the senior bowl. Uh, and, and while it's been thrown out there that the Eagles like to draft guys from the senior bowl, they don't like to do it any more than any other team does. At least in my understanding, uh, 2019, they drafted senior bowlers in Andre Dillard and Clayton Thorson 2018. Dallas Goddard was a senior bowler. Uh, twenty twenty was Jalen Hurts and Davian Taylor. I want to say were the only two senior bowlers that they had. Uh, twenty seventeen, Russell Douglas and Al Pomfrey, Nathan Gary. So it's a couple guys a year. Uh, and when you like dudes with multiple years of starting experience, you're obviously going to get some senior bowlers a- a- as a crossover, just a- cross contamination. But. Canary's Tony goes to the senior bowl. I don't think that that bumps up his stock more for the Eagles uh, than it would for them otherwise, but only 13 games started. Terrace Marshall's the really interesting one. Yes, to the athletic testing qualifier 20 career games started. So again, if we're using 20 as our benchmark, he hits it. He's a multiple year starter. Started for the past two seasons, opted out at the, at the midway point of this season. So if he had continued playing during the COVID season, bad LSU team, he would have had a few more starts. Rondale Moore does not qualify for the number of games started and uh, uh, has not taken a visit. Only Terrace Marshall and Kadarius Tony have taken the visits. So Rondell Moore qualifier for the athletic testing, but not a qualifier for games played, no visit. And then Nico Collins, 22 games started, so qualifies there, um, but not. it wasn't brought in for the visit. Nico Collins and Terrace Marshall are the interesting ones here. Marshall qualifies across the board, visit, games played, athleticism. Also, this is like a weirdly short wide receiver class. So let's say the Eagles are, are, don't want like, their options at 12 at wide receiver. They don't really want to go for Jalen Waddle. They don't want to go for Devontae Smith. They view these guys at, as risks. After those dudes, you start getting the the second tier of receivers. You get Rashad Bateman, who's just a hair over six foot. You get Kadarius Toney, 5'11 and a half. Elijah Moore, 5'9 and a half. Rondale Moore, 5'7 flat. Deami Brown, 6 foot and a half. Amari Rodgers, and a half. Amon Ross St. Brown, 5'11.5. Tyler Wallace, 5'11". Uh, Dwayne Eskridge, 5'9. If you're rolling with me here, we're we we are not none of these guys are over 6'1. It is not a tall wide receiver class. The two dudes in tier two, tier three of the wide receiver room in this in this draft, the wide receiver class 2021, are Terrace Marshall, who comes in at 6'2 two-and-a-half, six-foot-three, and Nico Collins, who comes in at six-foot-four, I want to say. So the Eagles have explosive jumpers and 40-yard dash runners, but it's also the two guys who are tall in this class of generally short receivers. I don't think any of the Eagles receivers like really locked into their roles, but if anybody, is, is Jalen Rager, who is a shorter receiver. The Eagles had Alshon Jeffrey and benefited from him for multiple years. He went down. They do not have a catch-point receiver. The only guy they really maybe have is Travis Fulgham. Marshall and Nico Collins both represent the only good tall receivers in the second and third tier of this class. And so I think at 37, if we start to build out this board, I think that's where they'd like to go wide receiver, given the fact they brought in Tony and they brought in Marshall for visits. And I think Marshall's at the top of that board. And I think Nico Collins, Rondell Moore and Kadarius Tony, in some order, fill out two through four. But I would say at this stage, especially as it looks, uh, I don't. uh, uh, Right now, I'm thinking the Eagles are less likely to go wide receiver than we think. So let's say they don't go wide receiver at 12. I think their top wide receiver target at 37 is Terrace Marshall at LSU. Will he make it? I'm not sure. Some people like him as wide receiver four off the board after the big three. Some people like him more as wide receiver five. Others think he falls out of the first round. I don't think he gets much further than like 40, 45. So the Eagles are, are, are in the bottom end of his range, but. If he's there, I'm going to be on draft day on Friday predicting Terrace Marshall's the pick at 37, especially if they pass on wide receiver at at 12. I think it's going to be because they like what they can get from Marshall, Kadarius, Tony, Rondell Moore, and Nico Collins at 37. Nico Collins may be more of a target at 70. Uh, same for Rondell Moore, who he's only 5'7", so he could have a really wide range. He could have a bit of a fall. But Tony and Terrace Marshall at 37. Rondell Moore at Nico Collins at 37 to 70. Maybe trading back, maybe moving up, whatever. That, I think, is going to be your wide receiver board on day two. That's all guys who had their good athletic testing. Uh, There's other guys as well on that list. Uh, Amir Smith-Marset and Jacob Harris and Jalen Camp. I don't really view, I view all those guys as day three guys. Uh, and so to me, that's, that's your day two receivers with the athletic testing. Very well, could they go for an Amon Ra St. Brown and be very happy with that? Absolutely. I mean, Amon Ra ran a 4 6 so it would be not on their current athletic trends, but it's a good play. So I'm, I, by no means am I taking those guys out of the realm of possibility, but there you go. If we take away from corner, wide receiver now, excuse me, we go to corner. Corner's interesting. They brought in Asante Samuel and Trill Williams for a visit. Asante Samuel, Jr., uh, played for Florida State, tremendous zone cover corner, great in-off coverage, uh, delightfully feisty, great ball skills, unsurprising that Jonathan Gannon, coming from a Matt Everflus, Mike Zimmer background, would like this player. 5'10", 180, 4'38", 40-yard dash, we love it. 35-inch vert, four broad, so definitely an athlete, but technically not a qualifier. 5'10", 180, in a four three eight forty yard dash, 10'4", broad jump. Both of those are qualifiers. 35 in the vert. They would like to see 37. So he's not a full qualifier, but at the same time, he's like really athletic, and he's exactly what Gannon likes. Samuel, to me, screams 30 corner at 37 if we don't get one of our guys at 12. They brought him in for a visit. Trill Williams is the complete opposite and they also brought trill in for a visit trill williams is six foot and a half i want to say six foot one he's 210 pounds uh ran a four five seven forty, not a qualifying metric 36 inch vert not a qualifying metric 10-3 broad not a qualifying metric now the vert and the broad are like one inch short both ways um but still bigger dude not all about transitions not about instincts, uh, not about quickness, much more so on the line of scrimmage player, uh, a stiff sort of a guy. No idea what were... like. They, people have talked about a positional switch to safety. That's my only guess. You could argue he has a similar profile to Julian Blackman out of Utah, who was a third-round pick from the Colts last year and transitioned from corner to safety and played well there, but he had more safety background than... Williams does, and even then, I think Blackman was a better player. Uh, and so, I'm not really sure what the Trill Williams interest is. But they brought him in for a visit, and you just bring in your guys for a visit. You know what I mean? It, it, you go through your due diligence. Samuel and Trill Williams are visits. The only other corner of interest here is Eric Stokes out of Georgia, elite athletic tester. So he qualifies there. He has 25 career starts. Sunday Samuel's 23 career starts. They're both qualifiers. Trill Williams is only 15. Um, but no visit for Stokes. I think your corner board on day two is Eric Stokes and Asante Samuel. That, I think Trilliams is much more so a, a 70 or 84 player at the earliest. And even then, I would be perplexed as to why they're bringing him in. Uh, Samuel and Stokes are both wins if they're there at 37, in my opinion. So I think you're strong on your corner board at 12, and you're strong at your corner board at 37, which is encouraging. You're also strong at your edge board on 37, and arguably stronger there than you were at the top. At the top, Quiddy was a full qualifier. Aziz Ojolari didn't have the athletic testing you wanted. Jalen Phillips didn't have the game plays that you wanted. Well, they've got four athletic qualifiers, three of whom start to make sense at 37. Jason Oway out of Penn State, Joseph Osai out of Texas, Carlos Basham out of Wake Forest. All three of them good picks at 37, off of my board and my estimation. Always a big-time project. Only started playing ball in his high school junior year, I want to say. Maybe it was sophomore year. Zero sacks in this last season. Only eight career starts. As project as it gets. Worth remembering that the last project the Eagles drafted at edge was Josh and He worked. He worked in a big way. And that pollutes. It leaks into how you view the next project you might draft and your confidence in developing that player. So it pollutes how you think. It leaks into your approach. And so Jason Owe, a project player. Besides him, Osai has 24 career games started. Not all of them at edge. He used to be linebacker for Texas. Carlos Basham has 33 games started at Wake Forest. And that's what we're talking about. It is interesting to think about what mold the Eagles might be going at at their defensive end spots as, uh, in comparison to what they've done previously. And what you've seen prioritized by uh, the Colts when Jonathan Gannon was there, Uh, the Colts took a rush linebacker and Ben Banigu in the second round out of TCU in 2019. Uh, Before that, they had taken Komoko Toure in the second round, another rush linebacker in 2018. And with him, they took Taekwon Lewis, another second round pick, another rush this time end, uh, more so a base hand in the dirt guy out of Ohio State. Now. Ben Banigu is an elite athlete at 250 pounds. Uh came in ninetieth percentile in the forty, in the vert, in the broad, eightieth percentile in the three cone, in the short shuttle. Uh, he was more of a stand up edge, right? He's a little 250 pounds, a little bit lighter. Um, he's so he's more of an outside rush linebacker. But boom, there you go. Uh Kamoko Toure didn't have full testing because dealing with injury, but the film showed a great athlete. And then what he did run. 4 6 5 40 yard dash was 85th percentile. He was a good athlete. Taekwon Lewis came in a little bit heavier, Six three two sixty nine. 269. Carlos Basham like build and was an elite athlete. Uh, he only had the jumps, but was 77th percentile in the bird and 84 in the broad. They liked explosive guys yeah. in Indianapolis on a matter of so They liked edges who could get off the ball and move. Joseph Osai, Jason Owe, Carlos Basham. Your three players, I think you start targeting at 37, all three of them athletic qualifiers, Osai and Basham with the requisite number of games played to be dudes you tag as people the Eagles are interested in. The other guy who I think is more so a 70 to 84 target is Hamilcar Rashid uh, out of Oregon State who was a really productive player in 2019, took a step back under a new defense in 2020, 28 career starts, athletic dude, full qualifier. Uh, he's your 240-pound sort of a dude, so you're Ben Banigu, Kamoko Toure mold, who right now the Eagles don't have anybody of that mold on the roster. Uh, they've got Derek Barnett and, 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 and Brandon Graham. These are more so power guys. They don't have that outside rusher. Arguably, it's Josh Sweat, but that's the best they have. Rashid can be that for you. The other thing worth noting of Rashid, which we haven't really talked about to this point, is where he played. He played at Oregon State, Pac-12. Uh, and a lot of people like to make the joke about the Eagles drafting a lot of Pac-12 players. of late, J.J. think of Whiteside, Andre Dillard, Davian Taylor. And it's true, uh, but what's interesting is the West Coast area scout who they have doing that work, that's Ryan Myers. Ryan Myers is their West Coast area scout. He's been with the team... <laughs> i think it was since how he took over the 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 job like fully after andy uh he's been with the eagles since the early two twenty tens. 2010s and he was a northeast area scout for a while and when they had that run on west virginia players Rasul douglas shelton gibson like that was rumored to be uh an, a ryan lewis or excuse me a ryan myers thing when he was with the northeast and then he moved out to the west coast and you'll know that the eagles started drafting west coast players Right, so Myers is the West Coast scout, and they draft Andre Dillard out of Washington State, and they bring in J.J. I think a wide side out of Stanford. Last year, they go and they get uh, a Davian Taylor out of Colorado, John Hightower out of Boise State, Casey Tuhill out of Stanford. They trust this guy, and if he was out West and he likes Hamakar Rashid, he has the sort of profile they like, and they trust his eye. So of the guys we're talking about here, Hamacor is really the only one who I'm confident is in the West Coast area jurisdiction. But if the Eagles draft players from the West Coast, it's because they trust the scout who's doing that area. And that guy is Ryan Myers. So I think edge is really strong for you on day two. I think corner is, you, you like what you can get on day two as well. Eric Stokes and Sandy Samuel at 37. And once you start getting into 70, corner really isn't as good anymore. Uh, a lot of people talk about how deep this corner class is. I disagree. I don't think it's a very deep corner class. There are a lot of good athletes on day three Robert Rochelle, Brandon Stevens, Chris Wilcox, Marco Wilson. You can see that list, like I said, on Bleeding Green. But. Uh, I don't really love the film on a lot of these guys. So I would imagine the Eagles make the corner pick at 12 or at 37. JC Horn, Patrick Sertan, Eric Stokes, Asante Samuel. To me, that's the board. Uh, the edge board is Cody Pay at the top and then late at 37. Jason Owe, Joseph Osai, Carlos Basham. So corner edge is a reasonable one-two. Uh, if they're going to go wide receiver, to me, they're going to do it at 37. Kadarius Toney, Terrace Marshall, Rondell Moore, maybe Nico Collins at 70. The only other position we haven't really talked about yet is linebacker. I didn't talk about it at 12 at all because I don't think it's going to be on the board for the Eagles at 12. If it is on the board for them at 37 and at 70, they have uh, four guys with clear testing that they like. Jameen Davis out of Kentucky, Derek Barnes out of Purdue, Pete Warner out of Ohio State, Barron Browning out of Ohio State. Jameen Davis is a 6'4", 229 pound freak mover who's really blossomed as of late for Kentucky, but only 11 games started. Baron Browning was a high caliber recruit transitioned to a stack linebacker player at Ohio state. Never started for them really at all. Nine career starts, much like Jalen Waddell, Pete Werner, 35 career starts, Derek Barnes, 31 career starts. Barnes was an edge at Purdue before transitioning to off ball, but you still get 31 career starts and he plays like a guy who's very comfortable playing at stack linebacker. So to me, that doesn't bother me too much. We do know that the, uh, Eagles have historically valued arm length, or excuse me, not the Eagles, the Colts uh, under Eberflus historically valued arm length with their linebackers as well. Uh, Derek Barnett, or excuse me, not Derek Barnett, Derek Barnes with nine and six eighth inch arms. Uh, Pete Werner with nine inch arms, not the longest dudes. So it's not going to give you what you want. If you're listening to your defensive coaching staff, Baron browning has got 10 inch arms. Uh, That's the sort of body type they really like. In terms of that spot, so Derek Brown, Derek Barnes, with nine and six eighths, I think we'll get it done. The edge to off-ball linebacker convert is a little bit tricky. He plays at around 240, 245 pounds. Not the body type we're used to seeing in Eagles linebackers. A defensive coaching staff change again can adjust this. So I think Barnes is a target. He's a seven, uh, around seventy guy. Baron Browning would be more so a thirty-seven guy. Pete Warner, you're hoping, makes it to 70. I think you'd be forced to trade up to go get him. He's a really, really good player. Jameen Davis might go round one just because he's a freak athlete. I personally wouldn't want to be in on Jameen Davis. Jameen Davis has nine and a half inch arms. Um, Love, love the, the athleticism. I just think there's so much work to be done there. You already have a Davian Taylor. You need to go get a second bigger Davian Taylor. But... Derek Barnett, Pete Werner, and Baron Browning to me. Uh, the targets there: thirty-seven to seventy and eighty-four. The Eagles have brought in two defensive tackles as uh, visits: Ali McNeil out of NC State, Darius Stills out of West Virginia, the aforementioned school they love so much. Stills twenty-one career starts and Ali McNeil eighteen career starts. Sure, uh, eighty-four for both players. I can't imagine the Eagles prioritize defensive tackles so much when they have. Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox, such that they would need to take it over another position where they actually need a starter. So in conclusion, uh, we've just talked through some names and some interesting things for those names. I've brought up my feelings on film for some of these guys as well. At 12, I don't think the Eagles will love their wide receiver options as much as we hope they do. I would be so pleasantly surprised to hear Jalen Waddell's name. I would be so pleasantly surprised to hear Devontae Smith's name, and I'm not even the biggest Devontae Smith fan. I just don't know if, with the way the Eagles front office goes through their decision-making process, they will be enamored with either player. I think they'll be enamored with Chase. And if they make a trade-up on draft day, uh, you've heard about the rumors about them trading up to snipe a corner from like the Cowboys. Maybe, but I think the, the player they really want to trade up for is Chase. If that's not available. J.C. Horn, Patrick Gertand, Rashawn Slater, and Quiddie Pay on my expectations for their board at 12. They should have at least one of those players. Horns, or Tannen Slater, great picks. Quiddie Bay, okay, whatever. I wouldn't love it. He's got work to be done. Not a high sack player. You're getting a, a Brandon Graham to run with a Brandon Graham. You need somebody who can sack the quarterback. So I don't love it, but okay. I think the Eagles really want to get a wide receiver or an edge at that pick at 37. Kadarius Tony, Terrace Marshall, Rondell Moore, and Nico Collins is the group. I think Marshall is their favorite player out of that group. Uh, Jason Owe, Joseph Osai, Carlos Basham, Hamilcar Rashid is the group at edge. I would guess that Joseph Osai is maybe their the, the most prioritized guy out of that because he's athletic and in games played qualifier. But with him being an, a, a linebacker to edge convert, not really being super pro ready. I'm not sure. Uh, It is tricky because we know what they've liked under Jim Schwartz in the past, and we know that they're bringing kind of a little bit of a lighter approach, uh, not as much of a a four-man rush, you know, no twists, no games, a very twisting game heavy with Indianapolis. That leads me more so towards Carlos Basham, who'd be a great twisting game player for them in the Taequann Lewis mold. So let's say Basham is their preferred player in that group. If they don't get corner at 12, uh, Eric Stokes and Asante Samuel Jr. are your targets at 37. Once we start getting to 70 and into 84, that's where we look at our Nico Collinses, our Hamilcar Rashids, and we start to look at this linebacker class, Jameen Davis, or not, excuse me, Jameen Davis's first round, Derek Barnes, Pete Werner, Baron Browning, Ali McNeil, and Darius Stills. This it, th- This pool of players is who I would expect the Eagles to be serious about on day one and day two. There's absolutely names outside of it that I did not include. That I also think are legit. Didn't really go into offensive line after Rashawn Slater. Uh, there's way too many guys to go through. Pretty simply, uh, a lot of interior offensive linemen qualify for them. Quinn Miners, Green Humphrey, uh, out of Wisconsin Whitewater, Oklahoma. Kendra Green out of Illinois. Drew Dolman out of Stanford. Sedaris Hodgson out of South Carolina. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, who's a dark horse trade back guy out of USC. All of them would be exciting players at value on day two, all of them potential Jason Kelsey replacements to start as a guard. Brandon Brooks is not, is not healthy. Offensive tackles got about 15 different dudes uh, that are qualifiers for them. Day two, if you're able to get Brady Christensen out of BYU, uh, uh, Tommy Doyle out of Miami, Dylan Radins out of North Dakota State, Spencer Brown out of Northern Iowa. Sure. Go take that left tackle job. Uh, all of those players are good developmental players. All of them are athletic qualifiers. Again, the full list on bleeding green. So, Offensive line still maybe in in the conversation there. It's tricky because they don't need ta- offensive line depth. They need a guy who can start this year. Either injuries are a problem, bang, he's in, or he's winning the left tackle job. So I don't think if they don't go there early, I don't think they go there at all. Maybe not until you know day three. Uh, and then we didn't really talk about safety. I think they think their safety group is strong. If not, there's only five names who qualify. The two that I like are the Cincinnati guys, Derek Force and James Wiggins. Both of them 70, or I would say 84 to later targets. Uh James Wiggins is a is a Kayvon Wallace clone. Go get him, put Gave on him on the field. There's your slot defenders. Go home. Derek Force is a single high player. Would be a really nice pick. Not confident they make it. Don't think that they prioritize safety. But if they do, uh Jonathan Gannon and that defensive back staff did a really good job evaluating safeties last year. Derek Forrest and James Wiggins would be my hope targets uh, out of Cincinnati. That's it for me. That's 40 minutes of me basically bringing up names you've already heard and telling you the Eagles might draft them. So if you've listened to it, Kudos to you uh, for gaining no new information as I blathered on through this process. Again, if you want to see the athletic qualifiers, it's on bleedinggreennation.com. If you want to hear more draft content, both pre and post covering the Eagles, you need to hit subscribe and like the podcast, rate, review the podcast on BGN Radio. I'm on Twitter at Benjamin Solak, which is S-O-L-A-K. I'll be live and doing work all through draft week. But once this class is all shored up, you'll be sure to hear me back on BGN Radio breaking down what I think of these guys, and see me on bleedinggreennation.com, writing up some reports and putting up some clips so we can get to know these new future exciting Eagles as they hope to turn the page on an ugly season and get to a good one. So thank you so much for listening. I will catch you on the next one.